Thanks for joining us at the Business Growth Cafe, where each week we select from a menu of topics for a focused discussion with an industry expert to provide insights that can impact your business's growth with your host, Angelo Ponzi. I am Angelo Ponzi, your host here at the Business Growth Cafe, and thank you for joining us. It's almost August 1st, 2020. And if I've been asked once, I have been asked a thousand times, maybe 10,000 times, I might be exaggerating a little, about SEO, PPC, Facebook advertising, landing pages, websites, social media, etc., etc. Man, I miss those days when someone would say, hey, let's do a radio and TV campaign. Now, to help solve and maybe address some of these questions and issues, I have with me today at the cafe, Katie Wagner. She is the founder and CEO of KWSM, a digital marketing agency, and congratulations, celebrating your 10th year. But before Katie and I jump into this, I'm going to take a quick break. A chief marketing officer has both the power and the responsibility to drive long-term strategic growth that can ultimately lead to organizational prosperity. And that growth starts with a vision. What is your firm's definition of success? Growth? How will you strategically work towards expansion, for example? Equally important, what is your customer's perception of your firm? And how well do you meet a need or deliver value? When you begin to align your vision with that of your customer, you build a stronger, lasting relationship with them. You see the whole picture, realizing the lifetime value of that customer, as well as the lifetime value you provide. A CMO must look at success with a strategic mindset, looking beyond the transactional. The CMO must understand the customer journey, utilizing the competitive intelligence, embracing and leveraging your unique market insights. If your business is ready for growth and you need a CMO, but you're not quite ready for a full-time person yet, I'd welcome the opportunity to explore the benefits of using a fractional CMO. Visit theponzagroup.com to learn more. As I mentioned, I have Katie Wagner, founder, CEO of KWSM, a digital marketing agency with me here at the cafe to do to answer your questions and offer up some great advice on the importance of implementing an effective digital campaign for your business. Katie, welcome. Hi, thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm so happy you were able to join me today. I, I know that uh, you're a, a busy agency executive and leader. I, I, I know what that happens when you have employees. A lot of time, your time is not your time. That's so right. to, uh, to carve out some... Uh, some time to, to share your knowledge and offer some advice to my listeners. I really appreciate that. Oh, well, thanks. But before we get started, why don't we, uh, you, not we, you, take a few minutes to, to talk about you and your agency and, and your services and all that good stuff. Sure, I'm happy to. As you mentioned, KWSM is 10 years old. 2020 is our 10-year our anniversary. And before I started the agency, I was actually a television anchor for 15 years. And like many of us, I saw my industry changing when social media and digital tools started to get big. And so I retired from television in order to teach business owners how to use digital tools to help tell their story and get in front of their target audiences. And that's really what KWSM is all about. We're a full service digital agency, but we really focus on messaging and story and how to get your story in front of the people that need to hear about you. Because, Angelo, so often people think digital is about the tech, and, and it is to a certain extent, but you can have the most complicated lead generation funnel in the world, and if you can't get somebody into it with good content, then it's not worth anything. Mm -hmm. So we think that's really the first step, and, and we we are professional storytellers, brand journalists. That's how we think of ourselves, and then we help distribute that um, brand journalism on the tools that will get people into the funnel and, and into the sales flow or, or lead generation flow. You know, I, I love what, the way you just described that because so many times it's about the tech, mm. I, at least in the conversations I have, they, they're, they're so concerned with how it gets done. I was um, talking to a prospect, I don't know, about three weeks ago. And during the conversation, every, it seemed like after every, every question, it was like, so what are the tools you use for that? What are the tools you use for that? And I'm thinking to myself, who cares about the tools? There's, we have to understand the messaging and the strategies and the content, right? We'll right. figure out how to get it there because if, 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 no matter what we say, if we if they're not coming to your site or whatever because we're not giving relevant information, then it really the, the tools are just tools. 
Well, and that's what I say. You know, sending a tweet isn't hard. It's a sentence, right? Sending an e-blast, most of us can figure that out. But knowing what to say and how that's going to fit into the overall story and messaging, that's an art form. And I really think that that is the most important part of any campaign. And I, I think one of the shortcomings is that business owners get fooled by all the tech, right? They, they meet agencies or consultants that understand the tech, can speak that language, and, and business owners don't know what they don't know. And so they think, oh, well, they can take care of this. And then it comes to the message and, and there's nothing there or there's no um, thought behind that part. And the whole thing falls flat and they wonder why. Yeah. You, you and I've talked about this before. Some of my earlier experiences with, with other digital firms, um, really, it, it was about the tech. And, and, and as soon as we got into messaging, it was always, I got to go talk to somebody else because they couldn't answer it. And, and, and it was really about how to maximize and you know what those tools were and things like that it, and so I, I love your perspective on it and, and and honestly i'm not sure i've talked to many digital people that came at it that way and that's obviously how i come at it from a messaging standpoint and, and so to me that that's fantastic i love that thank you i like to ask some questions of all my guests before we kind of dig into the, the topic at hand so when it now 10 years again and you have multiple offices. You have offices in Orange County and San Diego and Las Vegas and Atlanta, I believe. That's right. That's right. All right. Mm -hmm. Look at that. My memory's not going yet. <laughs> um, so during this process, and obviously you have a machine now, you have an engine, you have lots of employees. What keeps you up at night when you think about growing your business? Oh, that's an easy one. It's the same sticking point we've had for 10 years, finding the right people to hire to grow fast enough. So when the business is there, when the clients are there, it's finding the right people to add to the team to make sure that the standard of work, um, the quality of what we put out doesn't dip. And I, I think that's hard to come by, right? We're really picky about who we add to the team. Most of our staff has a journalism background. Most of them are professional storytellers. But they also have to be the right culture fit because, you know, from your agency days that when you're working together so collaboratively for a client and everybody has to brainstorm together and really be part of the same machine, the culture is important. The, the fit within the team is important. And I think we're so careful about choosing the people we add. And, and we're not huge. We've got between 35 and 40 people on the team now. Um, but we're so careful that all of those people will get along and we eliminate the conflicts between them. And that makes us do better work. It's better for serving our clients that way. And so, yeah, when I lie awake at night, that's what I'm thinking about. Where's my next hire? You know, how am I going to find these people to, to help serve our clients well? Well, and that was really well put because it isn't just about the body because right. a body can be so disruptive and cause more damage, if you will, because yeah. of their egos or whatever it happens to be than finding the right people. And, you know, the, I like to say they can play well in the sandbox together. Because right. your point, you're, sometimes I remember in my agency when, you know, it might be 7, 8, 9, 10, 11 o'clock at night, and we've got four days to put together some campaign and, you know, everybody's tired, angst, and ready to jump on, you know, anybody that says the slightest wrong thing. But ultimately, we have to all work for that common purpose. And you have a, another challenge in, in the sense that, not only have to find the right people, but you also have to find the right people within your various offices that could also play well with the people in different offices. That's true. Yeah. And as we've grown, we've, we've really developed sort of separate cultures in all those offices. So sometimes we meet somebody in Atlanta and we say, oh, they'd be great for San Diego, but we can't put them in Atlanta because of the team there. And, and I think that's been hard. We've had to say no to a lot of employees who could probably do the work. But as you just said, if one person disrupts that culture, that's bad for the clients. It's bad for the work we produce. And so we really have to guard that above all else. And we do things like personality test them and have extensive interviews and do peer interviews, you know, coffee dates before we hire them to make sure it's going to mesh because the quality of our work is so much stronger when we can work as a common unit with that, that common vision in mind. Yeah. I, I remember my last uh, corporate job, which was 2011. And um, so through the recruiter, you know, I met with the with who would have been my boss. And then I went to the CEO. Then I went to the next person in charge. And then I had a peer uh, meeting with like four people that would be working under me. And then I had to go back again and have another interview. And what they did, at which I thought was really interesting, at the end of all that, they said, okay, it's between you and somebody else. You've now been here interviewing 
whatever that was, seven times. And I think that literally was the number. Wow. You've got five minutes to make a presentation to tell us how to move forward after all the things that you've learned. And it was like, wow. Five I like minutes. that. Yeah, it was really challenging Yeah. To, to communicate what I heard and what I think you should do going forward. And, um, and I actually won that job. And the of interesting course. thing is when I, when I got into it, the plan I laid out in that five minutes was the plan we actually ended up executing. Nice. So it was, that, that was really interesting. Nice. But I, that had never happened to me before. Well, no, I like that because thinking on your feet is a big part of this job, right? Being able to mm -hmm. innovate and, and put stuff out there. Sometimes we, I shouldn't give away too much, but sometimes in interviews, we'll hand, um, the interviewee, one of our products, uh, clients' products that we promote. And we say, tell us about a campaign for this. And often it's a, we work a lot in fitness. It's a fitness product and, and they don't know what exactly it is or what it does. And we'll explain it. And then they have to tell us who they're going to target, what channels they're going to use to promote it and, and what the thought behind the campaign is. And you can tell a lot about whether somebody can do this job in those moments. You know, not only can they innovate and come up with creativity, but can they keep their calm under stress? Because it is, a, it is a high pressure job. It's a stressful job, right? And they, they have to be willing to stay calm and, and think straight in those instances. Right. And depending on the, on the role, if they're, you know, an account person and they're sitting in front of a client and you're having those kinds of meetings and you can't think on your feet. I remember, I remember in my early days when, uh, if I didn't know something, I'd say, I'll have to get back to you. I'll have to get back to you because I was still learning. Right. And I remember my boss pulled me in and said, You've got to stop saying that the client doesn't want to know that you have to go to somebody else. They want to know you can do it. And and I was like, really? Oh, I get it now. And and it kind of changed things in the way I approached business and and frankly started probably using more of my research skills to understand what was going on. So when I could get into those meetings, I could I could uh, pivot. Um, and, you know, that's just kind of the, the way I am now. But, yeah, it's it it's it's interesting to see the personalities and and how people um react in certain situations because mm -hmm. to your point it marketing is is a stressful job sorry to disappoint you folks out there listening but yes it is stressful it is stressful we all have couches in our offices so we can lay down and and right. have our uh, weekly uh, uh shrinks come in and talk to us <laughs> that's right that's right it's not just playing on social media all day sadly yeah yeah I, 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 and I think sometimes I remember, again, I'll go to the back of my agency days. People would just have this total misunderstanding about what we did that, you know, that we, I mean, they were into mad men, right? So they thought we were sitting around drinking martinis and, you know, playing poker at night. And it was like, no, 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 that doesn't how it's not how it works at all. However, I did have some alcoholic beverage clients. And so we did do some drinking. That's for sure. Yes. Um, next question is what is the best business advice you've ever received? and or given if they're different? Okay, I'm going to start with given. Okay. Um, so the, the, one of my tenants in business is to make decisions as the CEO for the company we're going to be and not the company we are today. And so when I started the agency 10 years ago, it was just me in my sweatpants in my spare bedroom with a laptop, right? I thought I would be a consultant. I did not realize I was growing an agency. But a few weeks in, when I determined, you know, I could turn this into a real company, I decided that I would make decisions for the company we would be five years down the road and not for just me in my bedroom. And that meant that as we brought on team members, they were employees right out of the gate. And we gave them full benefits right out of the gate. And back then, I really couldn't afford that. But I knew that the company I wanted to be one day, those things were important. And so I also know myself well enough that uh, I'm goal oriented. I like a challenge. And if I put those things in place, I would work up to the level where I could afford them rather than let people down. And, um, and that's what happened. We grew 60% or better every year since then. And, and it's because I act like a company five years down the road from where we are. We make decisions and put plans in place for that company. And then we grow into it. Um, and that, you know, maybe that's, bold. Uh, it, I'm certainly not risk adverse, but it has served us well over the years. So that's my best advice. Uh, the best advice I've ever gotten um, was was from my dad, probably. I, I recently wrote an article about things my dad taught me about leadership. And um, one of them was 
to stay true to who you are and your core values and, and what's important. And when, when I was growing up, our family motto was never lie, cheat or steal, which seems simplistic. But I know this was our family motto because my dad would drill it into my siblings and my head every time we left the house, every time we had a tough decision to make, you know, you know, you're a McClellan. That's my maiden name. And McClellans don't lie, cheat or steal. OK. And and I really realized that my dad was an excellent leader because he was straightforward and clear in the communication and it was consistent many days of my life. And I think that's my best business advice that that as a leader, you have to be clear in in the goals, in the initiatives, in the core values, and you have to communicate them consistently. You can't assume as you're growing a team or a company that that people know that they remember those things are important or how we make decisions or that integrity matters. Those are things that have to be communicated every step of the way and constantly reminded, especially if you expect people on the front line to make decisions with those things ingrained in them. Because often, you know, my team interfaces with clients and I'm not there in those meetings. And so the problems they solve or the responses they give in the moment have to reflect the stance of the agency, the core values of the agency. And they need to have a really ingrained understanding of that to be able to do that in a, in a pinch. Yeah, you know what? Uh, I love what you just said. Actually, it's it's interesting you talk about your dad. I'm actually in the process of of writing a book about the lessons learned from my father. Oh, awesome! Uh, how they influenced you know me as an entrepreneur, and um, we won't get sidetracked on that. But it, and the other thing I I really love what you do is said, and 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 I do this with my clients. Is we have to go out three, five years, whatever it happens to be, and work backwards. If we're only looking what's tomorrow then we're already behind and, and we can't really adjust and change if we if we really don't have a target out there. But not necessarily I want to be, but I am and let me work backwards to make that happen. And the other thing you said that I think is really important is communications is I look at leadership and I look at leaders and I, I see them slightly different and, and really providing leadership and empowering people to understand the, the integrity, the core values of your agency and how they need to adhere to those. And above all, at the end of the day, clients come and go, as, a, as I've been told many times, clients come and go, but you want to maintain your brand, the integrity of your agency, because somebody else new will come along and you're not shifting and, and, and pivoting based on who you're trying to attract. Right. No, I, I mean, I think it's it's basic branding or marketing, right? You have to know mm -hmm. who you are as a company in order to communicate that. But I also have to, I think you have to know that that doesn't change even when times get tough or clients don't respond well, it's not the right fit. And I think it really came into play for us during the pandemic. Because at the beginning of the pandemic, you know, people pull back on marketing, they get worried. And we made the decision as an agency that we were going to um, be high integrity first and let anyone out of their contract that needed to get out of their contract. And we, we could have said, no, no, you've signed something, you owe us money. But people didn't have the money. They were scared and they were you know, cutting expenses to keep from laying people off. And, and we just made the decision that we would, we would hold to what we believed and let them out. And that, that hurt you know, in the short term. And it, it could have hurt a lot longer, but it was the right thing to do. And my staff knew that and they, they acted accordingly. Um, and I think it served us well in the long run because we've now rebounded, which we're lucky for, but we've never stopped being the company that we're proud of and acting in a way we're proud of with our clients. And, and I think that resonates with the people that are the right fit for us. Yeah. I, you know, and I've, I've been lecturing on that, that, that businesses shouldn't pivot to the point where they're hurting their brand. Right. Because when you do come back, you potentially are a different brand and now you've got bigger issues. Mm -hmm, mm hmm. Well, and, and the world may be changing, but but you need to make pivots that make sense. Right. You can't become a different company overnight just to try to give people what they want because they're going to want something different as this situation evolves. Mm -hmm. And if you're constantly changing, then you don't have a story. Right. You don't have a, a message to put out there that resonates with people because they can't pin you down. When. So we, we started off talking a little bit and I, I think this will be a different answer, but I'm going to ask this question anyway. Okay. So it, what I when I asked you what kept you up at night, you mentioned it was your people. From the very beginning, it was about your people. Yes. So if you look at your 10 years in growing your business, what, what was the kind of the, the biggest challenges? I mean, again, my listeners are startups, small businesses, medium-sized businesses. But, you know, what were some of the business challenges that you faced 
um, as you grew? I think the biggest challenge is that when you're a startup or an entrepreneur at the beginning, you do all the jobs, right? You wear all the hats, you deliver the work, you sell the work, you analyze the work, you know, you're doing the invoicing, you're doing the customer service. And that's the way all of us start. And I think the, the hardest part for me was each time I had to give up one of those jobs. It's a great milestone in a business where you're hiring people to take on those responsibilities and you're training them and you're letting go of a piece of that. But then it's also a, a transfer of trust, right? A, a lot of trust to put into somebody to say, okay, now I'm not going to do the sales or I'm not going to do the invoicing or I'm not going to run this account. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to trust people to do that. And I think that was the moment for me or, or those many moments when I had to really make the decision over and over again, am I going to be a consultant or am I growing a company? You know, are you going to be really good at what you do or are you going to grow a company that's bigger than than who you are and what you can do alone? And I, I there are different answers to that question, but I chose to grow a company. And, and today I couldn't do half the work that we do for clients, a, a tenth of the work by myself. It really takes the team. So that was um, a hard thing for me to learn. But the other thing I think is when you get to that point, it's shifting from being the expert, being the one who knows how to do the work to being the leader of people that do. You know, I, I was a television anchor, as I mentioned, before I started this company, and I had never been a CEO. I'd never really been the boss of anybody, quite frankly. And to learn how to lead now a team of 35, 40 people and give them what they need and support them in all the ways that allow them to be their best, that is a completely different skill set. And I've, I've had to do a lot of self-development and a lot of um, seeking the right answers to be able to learn to do that. Mm-hmm. I think letting go for me was the, the hardest part. Yeah. When 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 I started, um, well, my first business, it, it was it actually in the film business. Um, we had this brilliant idea to bring uh, television and and commercial uh, tele uh, production to Orange County in and out in eight months. So it didn't didn't quite work. All our work ended up being in Los Angeles, and it, it was it's a long story, but. Was a great education, but when I started my my second business, and I was a consultant, a freelance strategic planner to advertising agencies, and so I did that for like four years, maybe five years, before I converted to becoming a full service agency. And I it was me, and I think the day I opened, I had me and somebody else, and then it was a third person, then it was a fourth person, and to the point that you were describing is okay, I can't continue to do everything. What do I let go? Do I right. bring in that next person to do that job? And and so that was that was hard because it was like, I know I can do it better. I know I can do it faster, but I need them to come along. And eventually I, I don't want to be able to do that anymore. I want them to do it. So I, I, I appreciate that and the growth. And, and really for anybody listening, I mean, that is a milestone. Every time you hit that ceiling, you mm-hmm. have to make that decision. You know, do I go to the next level? Do I get more people? Do I go get an office building? All those kinds of things. Um, that we all are faced with as we start to grow. You know, um, years ago, years ago, Mac came out with a with a computer, and everybody and their brother became an art director, right? He <laughs> right. could do he could do ads online and all that kind of stuff. For me, digital is a little bit like that in the sense that. Everybody thinks because they have a phone or they have a social media account that they, you know, they can do this. And, and so it, whether it's traditional agency, I actually talked to a publisher and they have a whole digital arm now. And so the kind of the competition, in a sense, is not just di- other digital firms. It's a, it's a lot of other folks. So it kind of a from a strategic standpoint and positioning, how, how you know, those challenges been for you and, and how do you in those kinds of interviews or meetings with potential prospects differentiate yourself for your business? Well, I think you're exactly right that everybody has a a millennial niece who knows how to use Instagram, right? So she could probably run our social media program or digital marketing. And I I think part of that is just an education issue, right? It's not as easy as can we get posts up there? It's, It's everything from what should the posts say? When should they be posted? You know, what are they driving towards? How do they fit into the the larger ecosystem of what you're trying to accomplish? And I think the way we approach it is is really from a strategic standpoint that there has to be a strategy behind what and when and how you're posting. Um, And I think that that needs to educate people. It's also um, digital changes really quickly. You know, what worked last week isn't going to work next week. 
And as an agency, our job is to stay on top of all those changes and all those pivots and and, um, innovation within the industry to keep getting results. And I think it's hard to ask somebody who doesn't do this full time for a living to be aware of all those changes. And often we get clients that have been running things in house. And it's not that they're doing a bad job. It's just that they're not completely up to date with best practices or the, the new strategies that are working well now. And um, so I think that's that's one way we talk about it. The other way is that if you come on as a client of KWSM, you now have 35, 40 people who are working on your account and each have different strengths and um, areas of expertise. It is very hard to find one or two people in-house who can cover that bandwidth of, of things and do it well. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of times it's an economy of scale, right? It's It's more cost effective to hire an agency, pay them maybe in some cases what you would pay an employee depends on what the employee makes but um but you have a team of people whose job it is to keep up with the changing landscape and really make sure that you're continuing to change and push forward and get the results um you know so often business owners just don't know what needs to happen and i think there is an education gap and I know that, you know, we do workshops for social media uh, at our office. And that's one of the reasons we still do those 10 years later is that our clients deserve to understand the platforms and the strategies behind them so that they know what questions to ask, whether it's an internal team or an agency. Mm -hmm. They know how to quantify, are we getting results and what we should be measuring. And I think the more business owners and entrepreneurs can educate themselves on what a digital strategy should look like and how you tell if it's working. I think you'll make better decisions no matter who is in charge of that product. Yeah. You you know what? I, 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 and I've seen your, um, your emails about your, your workshops and stuff. And I think that's brilliant because to your point, if you have an educated client or they understand frankly what they don't want to do, but but have (laughs) have, have a point of, of being able to ask those right questions. And I think part of it too, it also gives clarity that, you know, I was working with this company not too long ago and they were saying, well, we're, you know, we're posting on social media and nothing's happening. I was like, well, but what are you saying? What, what are you asking them to do? You know, just don't, you can't just put a picture in a headline and expect, expect something to happen. So that was part of that expectation. And I think that's probably part of your education and at least in dealing with clients is yes, there's tons of different ways to approach this. You know, let's put the strategy and the messaging aside Based on your industry, it might be one approach. Based on their industry, it might be a different approach. So it's not a one size fits all, right? So there's there's that education and the expectations and and kind of setting those benchmarks. So is, is that part of that kind of conversation that, that whether they're working with you or listening to this podcast, they're gonna they're gonna try it themselves before they call you. But yeah. um, they really they have to understand it isn't just post it and they will come. It's it that. There's a lot to it. Yes, a lot more than you would think. You know, when we we start any engagement with a full digital strategy and that document's 55 pages long, right? It's not a one pager that says post on Facebook, post on Instagram, run some ads. It's a really integrated, um, intricate document that talks about here's what we're going to post. Here's why. Here's what it's intended to do. There's really a lot of strategy that goes into that. And I think also it's really about um not only understanding what you want to accomplish, but understanding how you can tell if it was accomplished and what the expectation for the timeline on that is. A lot of people say, well, I just want to dip my toe in the water. I'm going to try digital for 30 days. Please don't do that because nothing's going to happen in 30 days, right? And and we would be taking your money at that point and that's not fair. You need to really invest in a digital strategy for six to 12 months to tell if it's going to produce a result. Because digital is a long-term strategy. It really works with consistency and frequency over time. And you have to be doing the right things in the right order for the right amount of time with the right cadence to really see that result. And a a lot of business owners say, well, I've tried posting. We've been posting for three or four weeks consistently. Nothing's happened. Well, that doesn't mean nothing is going to happen. It just means that you may not have gotten there yet or you may not have the right strategy to get there. Mm -hmm. And, And so, you know, then it might be worth hiring an agency or a consultant to do some kind of audit. You know, what are, what are you doing that's right? And what are you doing that's wrong? But um, I really think that education revolves around expectations need to be for the long term, and you have to have the stomach to stick it out. 
because you may be trying digital for a month or two without seeing the return you want. You know, maybe you're not seeing any sales or any lead generation yet. And that doesn't mean something's broken. It means you're building the system and that that system has to get traction and grow on itself to really deliver results long term. And, and I think and that's I, hard. Yeah, it, it is hard because there's there's a, frankly, digital has has changed the way we think. Right. Everything's instantaneous. So you had just right. your expectations. If I do this today, it's going to happen tomorrow. And and I've had some clients you know, a couple of years ago that got into doing SEO and 30 days into it, they're saying it's not working. Is it no, we still got at least five or six or seven months to go before it really starts to work. It's an investment. And that also gets back to that kind of investment versus expense mentality. Mm-hmm. And again, I, I need leads. Okay, well, let's figure it out. Know that some of these things are going to take longer than the others. We will make adjustments. And and you had had mentioned we talked a little bit about technology. And that's the other thing that really I believe enters into this is even when there's a strategy in place and everything seems to be working. Uh, Google could show up tomorrow and change something. And 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 so by like your team and, and most companies don't have people that are constantly watching this, just like they don't spend time watching competitors all the time. Right. Is that we'll do that once a quarter, once every six months or a year. But the same thing with with the technology side, something can change. And now your program is broken. Absolutely. And we like to say we have the only job where the tools we use are actively working against us. Because Google doesn't want you to rank, right? They're going to continue to change things so that you don't. Facebook doesn't want your ads to be a huge success. They want you to spend more money, right? So the algorithm works against you a little bit. And it's, you know, it's playing that game. It's understanding how to tweak and test and iterate and change and go again. Like it's a process. And I think Mm -hmm. that process without guidance can be very frustrating for business owners who are trying to figure out on their own because things that should work may not be working and, and why and, you know, it's, it's always iterative. I have never in 10 years turned on a campaign and had it reach its full potential immediately, right? You have to learn and analyze the data and make tweaks and test it again. And that's part of the process. It's a very, um, it's a very intricate process of dialing it in over time. And I think that's what's exciting about this industry. It's what's exciting about knowing how to do that and constantly seeing better traction and better traction but it's also not to be taken lightly because if you think something should work and it doesn't, it can be very frustrating and, and make you want to bail on the whole thing. And sometimes that's not the best plan. Right. Do you, what do you think if there's, uh, and I, I asked this question, but what, is, what do you think is the most misunderstood thing about digital marketing uh, from a business standpoint? I think I think that's really it that people think as long as I'm posting on the social media channels, as long as I've got an ad running, as long as I'm, quote unquote, have SEO on my website, it should just work. And they think they can set it up and then let it go. And and that's not the case. It requires constant attention and tweaking and and knowledge to know what you're doing in the back end of things. Um, You know, and, and really, I think the most misunderstood thing is that if the end result you're looking for, let's say lead generation or sales doesn't happen immediately, then quote unquote, it's not working. And that couldn't be further from the truth, you know, and you need to understand what metrics are you looking for along the way to know if it's showing signs of moving in the right direction, you know, is this working just slowly or incrementally, you know, can you see, um, is there more traffic to your website? Are people staying on the website longer? Are you having more repeat visitors? Do you have more engagement with your social posts, more people clicking on the ad? Like these are all signs that something's going right. And it's it's just the misunderstanding is, well, I didn't reach the end goal, so it's all for naught. Mm-hmm. And that's that's very far from the truth. Well, that's a great point. I mean, if you're driving people to your site, for example, but they're not converting, so you're getting them there, but whatever it may be on that landing page, that needs to be tweaked and, and modified. And and I know even like with this podcast, I mean, it, it, there's no monetization to it. But I actually went into my Google Analytics and I, I, I made it a conversion. So I look at when people come to the site and they spend a certain amount of time or whatever, that I'll get a notice that, you know, that I had a, a conversion. And for me, that's a way to do measurement. And, and, and I think so many times that people look at kind of the, the their digital strategies is always about money. Right. It's either lead gem, but eventually goes to money. But that isn't necessarily 
always the case because you could be building awareness in different verticals or, you know, interest in trials, whatever it happens to be. So there's a lot of different metrics I would imagine that you can apply to a particular campaign. Absolutely. And some of it's just getting your brand out there so that when the salesperson calls them, they're warmer to that conversation, right? Um, marketing plays a supportive role to so many of the activities that you do in your business that drive towards sales. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and different pieces of a digital plan work together for that. So maybe somebody saw your Facebook ad and didn't click on it, but then they saw your Google ad and they went to your website and bought. Does that mean the Facebook ad didn't work? No, because maybe the Google ad wouldn't have worked if they hadn't seen the Facebook ad, right? All of these things work in an ecosystem together. And and I think it's really about learning along the way. You know, what can you tell about how long people are staying on your website? You know, what demographic is responding to your ads? There's a lot of data about who you're trying to reach and what they really care about that you can collect in every step of that. And, and you said, what if they go to the website and they don't convert? You know, yeah, that's maybe a, a problem with the website. You need to look at, you know, how you, can you increase conversion? Maybe it's that your ad's targeted to the wrong audience. They don't really want what you have. And when they land on your website, they stay 10 seconds because they go, oh, this isn't really what I thought. Maybe your ad messaging isn't in alignment with what they find on your website and they click expecting something different. And that's the part I get really passionate about, Angelo, the, the detective work behind all of that. You know, if it's not working, how can we manipulate it until it is? How can we learn and tweak things? Yeah. So let's we, we you've mentioned this word uh, several times and, and I believe I, I do this as well. But we're storytellers. So yeah. tell me tell me a story. Tell me a story about you don't have to name names, but one of your clients that that in your mind did it right. And then maybe and maybe an ex client that didn't do it so right. Uh-oh, uh-oh, okay. <laughs> We're doing the good, bad, and the ugly now. <laughs> all right, all right. Um, well, I mean, I'll, I'll tell you about a recent story. We were just in a meeting about this this morning that's kind of near and dear to my heart. We had a client that's a big logistics company, $40 million company, super successful, you know, things are going great. And we did all their, um, their digital, so social media, blogging, email marketing, you know, ads, that sort of thing. We're generating leads. It's a B2B client. And one of their major um, services is that they transport things for trade shows. And so COVID hits and they went from a $40 million company to struggling to stay in business overnight. And it, it was really hard because we've worked with this company for years and we've done all the right things and they've done all the right things. And it just to have a blow like that was devastating. And so we put things on pause. We pulled back and they regrouped. And then they called a week later and said, we're not going to go down, you know, without a fight. Can we come in and you guys help us pivot and, and re-strategize the story we're trying to tell, the messaging and what we should be to the clients we serve? And we agreed to do that. They came in and, and we designed a brand new digital strategy to reach new target markets that didn't have anything to do with trade shows, but still could need logistics and all their fleet of trucks, you know, could still be um, utilized. And one of the places we decided to focus was um, Hollywood um, studios and stuff where they're going to to film shoots. They need to transport props and scenery and things like cars that require specialty transport. And we rebuilt the website. We redid the messaging. We recalibrated all of our ads and our social to speak to this audience. And, um, you know, they're they're not out of the woods yet because we're in a, a ever changing climate still. But they're back in business. They've rehired a lot of the team that they um, furloughed and they're they're starting to rebuild. And I think that's really this is such a powerful time to be in marketing because Mm -hmm. that's the kind of impact you can help a business have when when they trust you to help tell that story. Right. When they trust you to really help get in front of the right audience and and help them convert those people into to leads that want to learn more. so that's been important. Um, th- I mean, there's a million companies that we've been able to help pivot during this particular time. And, and that's been really meaningful work. I think um, another one that, that I'll tell you about is um, a client that was a nonprofit, big nonprofit, and um, things are going great right before COVID hit. This one's not COVID related. They had a, a fire that burned down their headquarters. And this was a 30 year nonprofit. Everything they had was inside that building. And they were basically just leveled within an overnight fire. 
and we went to work helping them with, with digital marketing from a crisis communication standpoint. How do we get the word out to our donors, to our clients, to the people they serve with this nonprofit? And how do we tell them that this terrible thing happened and we need their help, but we're not down for the count and we are going to rise from this? And um, we raised a million dollars in the next two weeks to help them rebuild. Um, and that's the power of, of using these tools that do have the immediacy to them to really get into the conscience of the right audience. Mm -hmm. You know, this isn't just putting a story in a newspaper, it's going to air next week and hopefully the right people see it. This is a proactive way to really be able to get in front of the people you need to hear your message. And we were able to really drive a lot of action and, and motivate them. So, um, you know, a lot of feel good stories for us lately. Um, all right. Somebody who's doing it wrong. I, I will generalize this a little bit. All right. All right. Um, we have a, a client that is um, a, a product like a, a consumer based product. And it's a product in a very um, crowded industry. Um, it's a hot buzzword type product. It has to do with um, hemp and that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. And so um, the very crowded industry. And it's going to take a large budget and a lot of really aggressive marketing to get in front of the right audience and to get your brand known over brands in this industry that have been out for many, many months ahead of you at this point. And I think their biggest mistake is they wanted to start slow. They wanted to experiment. And when you're in a situation like that, that's not the best move. You really need to have the budget to invest to get out ahead of your competitors and to really get the brand awareness and the, the eyeballs that you need, or else it, it ends up being wasted money in a lot of ways. And, um, you know, as an agency, you try to advise and make those um, recommendations, but at the end of the day, it's up to the, the business owner and the decision makers in that company about how they want to proceed. And, and it can be really frustrating watching somebody who's not throwing money away, but not getting the impact that they should be getting because they haven't really understood what it's going to take to get out in front and how long it's going to take. Um, this was a client we worked with for just a few months because we came to the mutual understanding that um, I didn't want to take their money for not being able to produce results. And and a, a situation like that where it is an uphill battle, that's a crowded market, you're pushing a new product, you got to go direct to consumer, um, that's a 12-month proposition on, on the short end. And three or four months in, you're not going to see the traction you need. And so you need to have the budget to invest. I like your word investment. You need to have the budget to invest over time until you get to that tipping point. And in this case, they really didn't. And, and it was better to pull back and try to try other things rather than throwing a lot of money on advertising that wasn't going to make an impact. Sure. And I think, too, in, in, in this particular case, making an assumption of the product category, I mean, it, it's crowded. There's a lot of noise going on. And, and at that point in time, you're a challenger. You're not a market leader. And therefore, you're, you're taking a different approach, different messaging, the way you communicate and the way you have to get out there. And Again, taking it slow and taking it easy, people are just passing you by or new companies are passing you by and you're fall, far, falling farther behind. And of course, what typically happens, at least in my agency days, is when things went wrong, they went, well, the agency, <laughs> no way to make time out. Yes. Well, there there is some of that, right? You yeah. know, there's, there's a lot of hopes that it's going to go well out of the gate. And I think that circles back to the conversation we we're having about education is, as a business owner, you have to understand the, the expectation and what it should and shouldn't be, how long it's going to take, how much budget it's going to involve. And, and really that if you're going into a market where there are strong competitors, that is an uphill climb. And it's not impossible, but it takes a certain amount of investment with time, with resources, with bandwidth to, to make that climb. And mm -hmm. as long as you've got the stomach for it, you know, we're, we're a go, but some people really hurt themselves with hope that it will go faster. And I, I think that's a sad situation, um, you know, when, when the education isn't made clear. Right. And we know hope is not a strategy. So right. um, I advise right. against that one. And, and, and you you said this in, in part of your conversation about the people that uh, were hurt by COVID in the, in the uh, trade show world hmm. um, and, and looking at adjacent markets, which is, conversation I've had many times with folks of like, how can we take the products and services you have and look at a new market? 
But you you said one word, and I and I, I want to highlight that because I think it's so important, and that's partnership. Now maybe you said it, but maybe I just dreamt it or was thinking about it when you were talking. It's having a true partnership with you know the agency from a client standpoint and the agency with the client because there's a, a lot there's a trust factor in there and and if it's, if it's adversary or or you're not believing I mean it's like why I always say why hire us if you're not going to listen to us <laughs> right. we're, everybody's just wasting their time so I, I love that and and I really have enjoyed listening to about your approach to to your agency and and brings me back to my days and sometimes I sit there and say yeah maybe I should have Instead of going fractional again, starting another firm, but uh, and then again, I don't think I really wanted to do that. So <laughs> there are pros and cons. There are pros and cons. Uh, been there, done that, and so um, I, I, we are coming to an end. And I know we've got some uh, kind of wrap this up a little bit, but I have kind of one other question, and then I'm going to ask you for a piece of advice for my listeners. Okay. But what gets you out of bed every day? What inspires you? when you wake up in the morning? Um, I, I just gave my state of the company address yesterday to my staff for the, the second half of this year and, and what our goals were. And what's getting me out of bed right now is this notion that when we come out of this pandemic, no company is gonna be the same, right? Every company will have changed, the, the world will have changed. But in that change, there's an opportunity to be better. And what drives me more than anything right now is not wanting to be the same agency, the same company we were when we entered this five months ago. I want to be better and I want to learn and grow and serve our clients and understand what they need a little bit better every single day. And, and that's really what I push for. And, um, you know, it's, it's like a digital strategy. If you can be constantly learning and adjusting, that's a win. And, and that's a win for a company, I think, as well. Uh, beautiful. I love that. So last last question is we've covered a lot of topics here today and this has been very educational. Uh, I, I know my listeners are going to find a lot of value in this and hopefully you've enjoyed this conversation. Yes. Um, but if you could uh, make one or two or three suggestions in, in, for my listeners when it comes to kind of thinking about their digital strategy and could help grow their business, what, what might those be? So I think the number one thing, especially in this climate, is you have to think in terms of your audience. So not just who are you trying to target, but what are they going through in this time? You know, how have they been affected? What are they feeling or, or wanting? Because so much marketing, I think we fall into this. Um, we talked a lot about story and messaging, but we fall into this trap where we're only trying to get our message out and trying to talk about our features and benefits. And especially in this pandemic, post-pandemic world, it can't be about you. So really think about where are your customers or your audience in this time and how are you going to speak to them about the things that are important to them? That's the number one messaging point you need to really focus on right now is what do they need from us and how are we going to convey it? And then I think my number two tip is do some research, take some classes, really educate yourself on what digital can and can't do. What should you expect? You know, even if you have a consultation with an agency or a consultant, just do some learning about why these tools are powerful and, and what you can expect if you were going to jump into this world. And then be realistic with yourself about what you're willing to invest, whether it's time, staff resources, bandwidth, investment from a financial standpoint. You know, what can you put into making this go? And that'll help you answer a lot of questions about whether it's right for you and whether the timing's right. Because a lot of businesses are in a different place financially now than they were previously. And, and a lot of it's rebounding, but how fast are you going to be able to put the time and attention into a new marketing strategy? Mm -hmm. um, and then I think last, it's, it's that this is a long-term strategy. Stay consistent over time and really um, commit to it. This is not an overnight, you know, if we could push a switch and, and have it all work for everybody, I'd be a millionaire. But <laughs> um, that's not the way it works. So make sure that you are really in it for the long run and that you have an agency partner that you trust or a, a marketing partner that you trust, because that relationship is going to make or break your, your success through all of this. You know, and I, I think that's can't be overestimated that or underestimated that relationship. I, I agree with that a hundred percent. And it's been an interesting uh, 
conversation for me because a lot of kind of your approaches, your thoughts are very reflective and, and similar the way I think as well. So it's like, hey, I, she's better looking, but uh, it's like looking in a mirror, right? <laughs> um, well, listen, Katie, thank you so much. This has been fantastic. So why don't you tell the listeners how they can reach you, your website, your LinkedIn, all that great information. Yeah, I would love that. So uh, my website is kwsmdigital.com. My email is katie at kwsmdigital.com. And I'm Katie Wagner on LinkedIn, but I think the actual URL says KW Social Media, like linkedin.com slash KW Social Media. But yeah, I would love to connect. And, you know, we do a lot of free auditing and um, consulting for, you know, business owners who are in throes of trying to figure out if digital is right for them. So even if you just want a brainstorm session or an audit, we're happy to do that. We've got lots of people on the team who love to talk about this stuff. Great. I I appreciate that offer for the listeners. And um, I'm sure that uh, people will find that very valuable. There's a lot of confusion. And to your point earlier, a lot of people are scared out there about the right way to go. And should I invest that dollar? Should I put it back in my pocket? Should I save it for, you know, keeping the lights on, whatever it happens to be. And I believe there's an operate there's a balance of operations and investment and marketing and and it, i over time it has proven that folks that take that kind of approach come out of these kinds of recessions if you will and i'll pick a recession as opposed to pandemic uh, much much stronger so thank you and i want to thank you my listeners for joining us at the cafe today if your business needs a cmo or a senior level marketing person, but you're not quite ready for a full-time person yet, connect with me to find out more about my fractional interim or consulting services, or to find a variety of resources on my websites, blogs, videos, eBooks, and all that good stuff at theponzigroup.com, or certainly connect on with me on LinkedIn. And lastly, please subscribe to this show. And if you're already a subscriber, I encourage you to tell others about the show so they can benefit from this great content like we heard today. You can go to the businessgrowthcafe.com or subscribe on any major podcast platform that you like to listen to. And don't forget to join me next week at the Business Growth Cafe. Katie, thank you so much. Thank you. It was fun. Thank you for listening to today's discussion at the Business Growth Cafe with your host, Angelo Ponzi. Take a moment to subscribe to this podcast and visit our website at www.businessgrowthcafe.com. Read Angelo Ponzi's blogs at www.theponzigroup.com.